Today, my dear faithful, is the first Sunday of Advent. And the epistle is taken from St. Paul's Epistle to the Romans, chapter 13. Brethren, knowing the time, that it is now the hour for us to rise from sleep, for now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. The night is past, and the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us walk honestly as in the day, not in rioting and drunkenness, not in chambering and impurities, not in contention and envy, but put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Holy Gospel. Taken from the Gospel of St. Luke, chapter 21. At that time, Jesus said to his disciples, There shall be signs in the sun, and in the moon, and in the stars, and upon the earth distress of nations, by reason of the confusion of the roaring of the sea and of the waves, men withering away for fear and expectation of what shall come upon the whole world. For the powers of heaven shall be moved, and then they shall see the Son of Man coming on a cloud with great power and majesty. But when these things begin to come to pass, look up and lift up your heads, because your redemption is at hand. And he spoke to them a similitude. See the fig tree and all the trees. When they now shoot forth their fruit, you know that summer is nigh. So you also, when you shall see these things come to pass, know that the kingdom of God is at hand. Amen, I say to you, this generation shall not pass away till all things be fulfilled. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. And thus far the words of today's Holy Gospel. Then they shall see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with great power and majesty. But when these things begin to come to pass... Look up and lift up your heads, because your redemption is at hand. Words taken from the Gospel of today's Mass. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. The Gospel for today's Mass, my dear faithful, presents a very interesting picture for the beginning of Advent. In this Gospel, our Lord prophesies the end of the world. Signs in the sun, the moon, and the stars, which means that these lights of our world will no longer give their light. The entire earth, whole nations will be in distress with roaring waves and seas. Men will wither away for fear and expectation of what shall come upon the whole world. And then they shall see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with great power and majesty. This will be when the general judgment will take place. There, each of us will stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Our entire lives will be laid bare before all mankind. Each of us will answer for every action, every word, and every thought, every moment of our lives. Before that judge and before all around us, We will have no excuses, no explanations, and there will be no appeal. The final sentence will be passed, and we will spend all eternity with the blessed in heaven, or, God forbid, 
Should anyone lose their soul, they will spend all eternity with the reprobate in the unquenching fires of hell. That, my dear faithful, is not the passage most would expect for Advent, the preparation for the coming of the Christ child. And yet the Church has chosen this gospel for a very specific reason. You see, the word Advent means coming or arrival. We first think of this arrival as to signify the Christmas night, when our Lord came to dwell amongst mankind as a little babe in Bethlehem. But that is only the first coming, the first Advent of Christ. The second coming is the final Advent of Christ, when he will return not as a helpless little child, but as the all-knowing, all-powerful judge of mankind. These two comings of Christ seem so opposite, and yet they are intimately tied together. For the whole purpose of our Lord's first Advent as the Christ child was to prepare mankind for his second advent as the divine judge. By that I mean that our Lord came on earth to merit salvation for us by his death on the cross, to enlighten our minds with supernatural truth, and to move our hearts to come to him and use his grace to save our souls. And so the infinite God came as a child amongst men in order that his weakness may win our hearts to draw us near to him, to lead us to love him. By that charity, that love of God, we are united to our God so that when our Lord comes to judge us, he will be able to welcome us into the eternal happiness of heaven where for all eternity we will be in union with our God, enjoying infinite goodness itself. And yet, so often with so many souls, the call of the Christ child for men to love him falls on deaf ears. There's a story, my dear faithful, of a certain monk who was traveling on Christmas night He was passing through a forest when he heard the cry of an infant. The monk looked about and then drew near where he heard the cries coming from, and he found an infant lying in the snow. This little child was crying, trembling in the cold. The monk immediately reached down to pick up this poor forgotten child, and while he did, he said, "'Oh, my child,' How is it that thou art thus abandoned to weep and to die in the midst of the snow? Then the monk heard a voice answer him, Alas, how can I help crying when I see myself thus abandoned by all, and that no one receives me or has compassion upon me? And having said this, the little babe disappeared. The monk understood then that this was the Christ child come to reprove the ingratitude of men 
in gratitude for all that God has done for them. How ungrateful men are to their Creator who holds them in existence. How indifferent to the infinite God who became a weak little child to win their hearts. How cold to the divine Redeemer who died on the cross on account of their sins. That is what our Lord complained of in this apparition. And what is the reason men turn their back upon God? So often it is for the things of this world, for some person, thing, place, some entertainment or pleasure. You see, every sin, as our catechism tells us, is an offense against God. Sin offends him because in each one we turn from him and his will for us. But when we turn from God, it is because we are turning to something else. When we sin, then, we tell God that we care more for this thing, this person, this place, than for him. We set our hearts on these created things, and we forget the creator. We look to the gift and forget the giver. The very reason God created these things was to be gifts of his love for us. Our possessions, our family, friends, neighbors, the sun that lights our day, the moon that brightens our night, the very air we breathe, every single thing that exists in our life was created for us by our Lord. They are tokens of his love. And yet men set their hearts upon these worldly things, forgetting God, leaving our Lord out, shivering in the cold, and weeping over the ingratitude of men, as in the story. That is our Lord's reaction now. But at the end of time, at the second advent of Christ, he will no longer be weeping. Then will be the time for justice. All will answer for how they led their lives. Did they love him? Then they will be rewarded and will enter into the eternal kingdom of heaven. But if instead they turn their backs upon God and set their hearts on some creature, then they will receive the punishment for their betrayal. This Advent season, my dear faithful, is given to us by Holy Mother of the Church to prepare for the coming of Christ. We ready ourselves to welcome the Christ child into our hearts on Christmas in order that at the end of time we will be found worthy for reward by Christ the Judge at the second Advent of Christ. The means to prepare is denying ourselves by avoiding sin and their near occasions, by making firm resolutions to practice virtue. In short, we are to practice mortification in Advent. In this way, we remove from our hearts the things of this world that lead us to turn away from God. We deny ourselves now so that we will always be ready to obey Christ. 
And so, my dear faithful, make some resolution, some decision for Advent. Do give up or do something in particular for our Lord. Prove your love for him by these mortifications, and they will be your Christmas gifts for the soon-to-be-born Savior. How few there are that give these gifts to him, the poor forgotten babe of Bethlehem. If you haven't yet made some resolutions, do so now. And when you find it difficult to carry them out, think of the Christ child, reaching his arms out for you, shivering in the cold, hoping for your devotion. Turn to Christ then and say, I offer this for you. Embrace him by this sacrifice, embracing it. Show him that you at least give him a resting place in your heart, that you at least love him and will prove your love for him by sacrificing for him. Prepare for the coming of Christ, my dear faithful, both at Christmas and at the end of the world. We resolve to welcome the Christ child so that when you stand before Christ the judge, you, please God, will be found worthy to be welcomed into heaven. May God bless you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.